Welcome to the Accounting Intelligence Podcast. Accounting firms don't have enough labor to meet the record high demand for their services. That's where accounting intelligence comes in. Accounting intelligence uses automation, artificial intelligence, and technology to maximize the impact of accountants and address the labor gap. In this show, we highlight thought leaders and experts in client advisory and accounting services, IT, and automation to provide you the accounting intelligence you need to beat the challenges you face. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss any future episodes. This episode is sponsored by Botkeeper. Ready for the future of accounting? Botkeeper provides automated bookkeeping support to accounting firms by using a powerful combination of machine learning, artificial intelligence, and skilled accountants. Their clients receive 24-7 accounting and support, as well as an incredible insight into their clients' financials with interactive dashboards and unlimited reporting. Visit botkeeper.com to learn more. We hope you enjoy this episode. In this week's episode, you'll be hearing a fireside chat between Matt Yogst with Botkeeper, Spencer Christick of tally and Seth Feinberg, an independent editorial manager and content strategist. Their conversation covers topics ranging from tackling capacity issues, how to specialize, and how to balance a craft mindset versus a business mindset. They bring their combined 70 years of experience of being in the accounting profession to the table for a riveting discussion. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm Seth Feinberg. Uh, for those who don't know me, uh, I have been a, a business journalist for the last 30 years, 20 of those covering the great profession of accounting and bookkeeping. I've shared titles over at Accounting Today, and more recently, I was the editorial director and U.S. team lead over at Accounting Web. These days, I am sort of working, uh, you know, still doing, you know, uh, you know, editorial work and content strategy and and consulting to uh, the profession. Still staying in touch with uh, a lot of accountants. So this is a really a great time, a really great webinar to to get on. We're kind of going to construct this very much like a fireside chat. So I'm I'm here with with Matt from Botkeeper and Spencer from uh, Tally4. Very intimately involved in basically, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys sort of do your spiel, but I, I feel like you guys are really, you know, even much better capacity than I am. Very much in touch with the profession and uh, and really hearing some of the pains that they have gone through, particularly over the last couple of years. I mean, let's face it, you know, tax season is really the time of year where accountants tend to have the most contact with their clients and prospects. Um, But let's look at what the last two and a half years have been. It's really just been putting out one fire after another. I'm I'm very happy to finally hear, it seems, that March Ternity has officially ended. So a lot of you all have officially declared the end and so now as we you know finally you know kind of looking towards the end of the calendar year and we're kind of looking towards next year i think right now no better time to finally breathe and really take a look at some of the things that you know you can keep your staff energized and excited about what they do so you know again we're you can see the bullet points here we're going to definitely touch on a lot of these things but really we want you to come out of this really feeling like okay I can execute on at least one thing that is going to get me in a better, you know, sort of uh, position to be ready for uh, for the for the season. So right here, it's a bit of background on on Matt from uh, he's VP of product and uh, you know for partner applications at Botkeeper, and of course Spencer Chesick. He is growth over at Tally4, and like I said, we've got a lot to get to. So I wanted to kind of jump in, Matt and Spencer realistically what you feel the main blockers for most firms are and what tends to to get in the way and again the last couple of years notwithstanding there was just there was too much to to even really name uh so matt let's let's start with you buddy yeah absolutely so thanks to appreciate the uh, introduction and, and welcome yeah. to everybody that's joining us today um again as i said um it's really kind of an informal conversation that we're having today. And, and again, our goal is to hopefully leave you with some information about uh, on the topic and, and some takeaways. So 
you know, what are we seeing and hearing is kind of the primary blockers for firms. Part of my background is I've been in the in the profession for um, for nearly 30, 30 years as well on the on the software provider side. So Seth and I have both uh, kind of known each other for a long time, and you know, I guess I would question Spencer. You can tell us having been alive for thirty years, whereas <laughs> Seth and I have been in this profession for thirty years. But, um, you know, the funny thing is that that there's new challenges or kind of blockers for firms, and then there's the ones that have been around for a long time. So, yeah, it's going to be cliche, but but you know, a major issue that our firms are still finding is is is, is having is, is finding and keeping qualified staff. I mean, that's not a surprise. You could have gone five years ago, ten years ago, and and it would have been um, a challenge. So I think we want to dig into yeah. that a bit. It always hits like the top, uh, the top ten lists of like Absolutely. what is concerning, you know, accounting firms. But yeah, yeah the I, staff, I think, staff issue, man. That's that doesn't seem to really be going away anytime soon. It 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 doesn't. So what are some things that we can do to keep the staff that we have um, energized and entertained? You know, about doing what they're doing. We all know, right? You know that that sometimes in our profession, there's just some things that have to be done, aren't the most exciting things to do. But what staff are telling their firm leadership is that I don't want to do like this day after day manual repetitive sort of task. I want to I want to oh, start yeah. upskilling and doing some 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 different things. The things that my clients are asking me. So, and those are the couple of things. Just kind of this. I'm overworked with the manual compliance. The calendar always kind of works against me because I'm always looking at the calendar. It's next month, next quarter, next deadline. Um, so, I mean, those are those are a few of the things that I'm hearing. I, I know Spencer, you kind of have probably a different, slightly different perspective, but but working in the profession, you probably hear similar things. No, I, I think that's I think that's part of it is that right, just the the natural cadence of the profession and of the. The, the annual compliance deadlines, right? Or, uh, obviously, Busy like for the, yeah, for the decade plus that I've been working with accountants, you know, the, the talk has always been like, hey, we, we need to get beyond just doing compliance, need to get beyond just doing compliance. But uh, it seems like, you know, whether it's external or intern fact, internal factors, you know, those deadlines can kind of put the practitioner on their back foot, you know, to where they're actually, you know, they're, it, it, it's difficult to to escape that compliance cycle and and move on and i think you know and part of this is in in response to you know uh personnel and and staffing challenges i think we're you know kind of finally starting to see maybe it's to your point that the last two plus years have kind of been the straw that broke the camel's back but it started to maybe for the first time in my career started to really see a concern like a, a critical you know mass of of accounting professionals start to maybe try to really um, make a concerted effort to get kind of out in front, right? Be able to get more of a proactive relationship um, with those deadlines as opposed to, right, kind of always uh, always waiting for the, uh, the next punch to come. And just like unstuck, right, Spencer? Like, just like, I just want to feel like I can have like some mobility or some movement. Like I'm not letting the same things bog me down. And I think to the blockers, right? And Matt mentions like there's some that are always here, and there's some that are, you know, maybe going away. I, I think that there's like a good silver lining to the last couple years in that the supply and demand curve, right? Um, when it comes to you know clients and practitioners, is now in the favor of the firm, is in the favor of the practitioner. You know, effectively, like I feel like almost every individual and small business that I know is actively looking for a new accountant because either they were working with one that couldn't service them because of capacity issues or the one that they've been working with is retiring out of the profession. So this is, you know, maybe a good the first time, at least that I've seen where there's kind of been like macro conditions that Mm -hmm. possibly help the practitioner finally kind of like you know, put their foot down and be able to like, you know, dig their heels in a little bit and start to um, better dictate the terms on which they they work with their clients. Yeah. And just flat out saying no to some, yes. thing, to some things. And that I know I've heard practitioner year in, practitioners year in and year out, they just have the hardest time turning down work, turning down, you know, clients have been paying them, you know, for years that maybe they shouldn't be working with. 
as much. You know, on the other side, there's also just the folks who are finding the business environment changing and they need more than what their accountant is offering. So that's a whole other thing. But yeah, um, so, so I, I, I was gonna jump in there just quickly. You know, I think in, 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 we can get in we can get into it more, you know, kind of like special like specialization, right? You know, many yeah. many I think of uh, the folks perhaps that that are on our call or or just many of the firms in space are smaller, right? Whether they started out a big four firm or a bigger firm and then kind of went out on their own. So kind of starting out as a smaller kind of entrepreneurial type business, you tend to take whatever business comes your way, right? You know, I hey, get they, you, you know, you want a 1041 return? Sure, we could do that. Oh, you have, you know, a complex, you know, rental real estate situation in this state. Uh, sure, we'll take that on. In Because you're starting out your business and then as it grows, you get to a point going, why are we only doing four 1041 returns? And why are we doing two returns in this state? You know, the, the burden to keep up with the knowledge is really, really high. So mm -hmm. I think that becomes a blocker of just one, providing really good service for those things. Maybe you have, maybe you establish a relationship with a partner firm in another state to be able to, to share that information. But where I've seen firms be, start to become more successful in this area is, is again, be thoughtful about the services that they're offering. So uh, again, just using, you know, my example a minute ago, it's like, okay, we're going to offload those, you know, unique returns that we don't have a specialty in to, you know, a, a partner firm of ours and really kind of, you know, dig in and deep dive on a specific area or area. So. Right on. Yeah. And there's a great opportunity right now to like backfill, right? There, there are prospects, there are, you know, more of your, right, in our product world, we talk about your ideal customer profile, right? Like this is, you know, and especially with tax season around the corner, right? This is a great time to, you know, look at that, define your ICP and mm -hmm. and either target them or only accept them um, as they as they come in the door. You know, Spencer, to your, your point, you know, before you're definitely saying with just dealing with the prep to completion, busy season, Really, you know, obviously over the last couple of years hasn't ended. I think it, as I said earlier, it, it, I think it finally did, or at least it seems practitioners, you know, the tax focused practitioners and the bookkeepers have finally said, March eternity is over. We're done. We're done with it. We're in. Plus, you know, on the regulatory side, we're probably not going to see too much, uh, you know, come out of, uh, you know, Congress or IRS. Uh, I don't know, no new legislations that really are going to, upend things the way that uh, we saw them in the last couple of years. So um, guys, thoughts around this? Well, I, I, I guess, right, you could you could argue that maybe there's a little like chicken versus egg, um, right? Because I'm sure that like, if you don't obviously have the staff, like the, the capacity and throughput is an issue. Furthermore, if busy season is, you know, a nightmare, um, retention is an issue. So they're, they're right they're They're definitely different, but kind of corollaries of one another. And, and I'd say that, 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 you know, this is when I, when I talk to firms like, you know, on a regular basis and, and they bring up, you know, kind of like the staffing issues, really the next thing that they talk, kind of talk about is, okay, like how do I make, you know, the, the tough times, the busy season, right. More bearable for my, my staff so that they, right. you know, not, not right, better, it, but more bearable. That's, that's key. Well, it's like, yeah, right. it's like I mean, we want it to be better, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the tough times are the times that kind of like define your, your experience in your job. Right. It's oh, yeah. like, sure. We all, we all enjoy the occasional like pizza lunch or cocktail party, but um, really the thing that leaves a lasting impression on our, you know, uh, opinion and, and satisfaction with our jobs are the tough times, right? right? And that those are the things that make you, you know, uh, appreciate um, and you know hold your 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 managers, your business owners dear is when you know they you know kind of come to and follow through um, in the tough times. And so, and, and to my earlier point, it's like I I, th I think I actually for the first time you know in in my career working with the accounting profession see that you know there are firm owners operators out there managers that are saying you know what like we need to make life better for our staff and be in turn like because they're the ones that take cut care of our customers well stop. yeah i think I, I totally agree and <clears throat> i think that kind of leads to our next topic a little bit about you know which 
which of these blockers, right, which are not really any, you know, weren't really a surprise, but what are self-created? So yeah, exactly. kind of what, yeah. what are what are some of the problems that are self, self-created? Yeah, you know, this is and, this is good. Uh, I like this one because it, it definitely dovetails off of what we were just talking about before. Right. Yeah, I was just going to lead into that a little bit and just um, think our observations and what we hear and see is a lot of some of those challenges are, are you know, outside of the immediate control of the firm. And, and a lot of times they're not. Um, they are internal to the firm and they don't always necessarily see that. So I think some of them are self-created. I think given, again, um, sometimes you get like in this vicious cycle of always being so busy that you don't spend the time to evaluate the alternatives and, and it always, you know, again, in this profession is rather cyclical year after year with, you know, various variations that we've had the last several tech seasons, but oh yeah, um, it, <laughs> you could say that to go back to, you know, what I did last year, you know, that, that comfortable kind of doing something new, doing something different and getting out of our comfort zone is, is challenging for firms. And then when you get, okay, you know, tax organizers are going to start going out relatively soon and W-2 season's coming up and, oh my gosh, then it's tax season. Oh, and my staff want to take some time off at the end of the year. Like, okay, we've missed our window to implement this new technology that, that would, you know, perhaps make us more efficient during tax season. So we're going to do it next year. This year, we're going to follow the similar process that we did last year. And so you kind of see that cycle repeated. So I think to a certain extent, that's that's how firms are kind of self-creating that. Definitely. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of you definitely get a pass for the last couple of years on, on all of this stuff. But we're talking about it now because it's like, OK, you ha- you have an opportunity right now. Uh, you know, it's end of November 2022. March eternity, as we said, put it behind you. Done. Over. Pick one thing. Any of these things to you know get you know out of your out of your way spencer any other things you're seeing like are we would describe as self-created yeah let's, and, let's and be honest, think, a lot of them are i mean not staffing yeah, and, like this but you know and i think this is like right um like accounting and taxes is a, is a craft right mm-hmm. it's it's a skill and i think that there's in with any you know kind of professional service Right. There's and you you straddle this line between right, like kind of the the craft person, right, the skilled, you know, individual and the the business person or the manager. Right. Like and there's there's almost like a, you know, kind of inherent split personality to it. But with that, I think comes um, sort of a disservice that maybe folks n- like unknowingly um, deliver to their clients, which in turn they deliver to themselves. And it's it's being being afraid to kind of like tell their clients maybe tough things, tell them no, right? Tell them exactly, you know, set deadlines, right? Tell them that you need to work kind of my way or the highway. And I say that that it's like a disservice on both fronts because your clients are entrepreneurs right? Like they are likely struggling with the same thing, right? Especially if they're earlier in their, you know, in the arc of their business to where, you know, every business kind of has this problem where they're early on, they step outside of that, that ICP, that ideal customer profile, right? They then don't kind of know how to like rein it back in. And then it begins to be something that affects, you know, their staff, right? Affects um, their, you know, their, their workload. Um, whereas Permier. really, right. Most, most of the, um, beyond simply like debits and credits, there's so much that, you know, an accounting professional and a tax pro is like kind of teed up to do for their client. And I think one of those is to set boundaries and say like, you need to, you know, the, define the terms on which you work with people. Right. And likely if you're telling that to your client, that's, you know, yeah, maybe it seems on the surface like a tough conversation, but I, I think really you're also kind of highlighting, you're planting a seed for them that like, hey, maybe you have this problem in your business as well, right? Sure. And if, if I could kind of help you open your eyes to that, you know, that that's value add, right? That's like real kind of advisory stuff, right? It, where you're putting on in your- and there, and there it is. I mean, that's where that comes around, uh, you know, the A word. Um, we've been hearing it. We've been hearing it for years. That, you know, it's one thing to tell a firm, hey, you need to do more advisory. And they're like, I don't really understand exactly what that is for me. It might be different for the firm down the road, 
But for me, my bread and butter is still the compliance work that I do. That's great. But, you know, you can start, you know, looking at other things like, you know, maybe digging into the financials a bit more, right? You know, uh, you know, tax as a service. Is that what we're calling it now? But yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to maybe just find this time, take this time now to go, what more could I be doing? Do I have the right clients to do that with? All right? Yeah. So this kind of, uh, you know, segues into, uh, you know, our, our next sort of line of questioning here, like what are firms saying if they aren't bogged down? They're like, man, like I'm charged. I'm, I'm you know, I'm ready to go uh, to, you know, to the next thing. Like, you know, maybe it is that advisory level type of thing, which again, broad spectrum on what that is, but. Um, you know, Matt, why don't we toss it over to you and then, uh, Spencer definitely weigh in on this for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, I think this is where there's a lot of, uh, interesting work going on. So, so what are the firms saying who, who are starting to get it right? You know, there's a, there's definitely a spectrum. Or maybe uh, they've just had enough and they're like, across the profession. So, you know, I I guess what I would say at Botkeeper, one of the things that we do from a bookkeeping and client advisory service Mm -hmm. perspective is is take on capacity and free up some of um, some of capacity for firms utilizing our technology. And, and what they're telling us is, you know, in that conversation of why they would be interested in that is because they what do they want to do with that or what have they been doing um, the last year, you know, when they've they've um, been unable to, to free up some time with, with yeah. using the solutions from Botkeeper is is um, again no surprise advisory but what does that actually mean well it's it's strengthening that relationship with the client you know Spencer said I think very early on that what we're seeing um, is that there are a lot of clients that are out there kind of shopping for for a new accountant and if you look at the statistics what are the biggest reason what is the biggest reason why a client is leaving their their accountant it isn't necessarily because Hey, they they didn't maximize my tax, or they got they made a mistake on my return, or something like that. It's because mm-hmm. they're not spending enough time with me to understand my business, to give me um, ideas on how I can expand, how I can grow revenue, how I can lower my expenses. So um, that for sure, what those firms that have kind of freed up some of that capacity, that's where they're putting it right. um, versus you know expanding it into to to different service lines again at very varies by firm and one thing I, I wanted to throw out here related to that um, that I've heard a, a couple of firms mention recently is they actually engage their staff so again given that I'm working in the client advisory space and um, in accounting space that their bookkeeping team or their accounting team they're actually um, either paying them a commission and or paying a bounty to add additional services for the client because they likely what a way to keep staff engaged and and entertained wow my firm you know even if you're a small firm which a lot of you are uh you know feeling like okay guys ladies everyone here um let's let's make this interesting for you and and it'll be yeah, so they're getting again. a certain percentage back for adding, you know, you know, adding, you know, 20 grand a year for, for a client for some additional services that right. benefit that client and strengthen the relationship. It's a win-win for the firm. And uh, I think also, too, uh, you know, I know that there was a, a recent Accounting Today article um, that suggested, you know, that next year, 2023, you know, firms should really be focusing on more, uh, I guess, what they describe as an intentional approach to what services you know they offer, clients they serve, how they price, all these things that you know growth plans and and just about every other aspect of their of their practice, you know that's great. I think maybe some of the mid to larger firms kind of are already you know in that 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 area, but some of the smaller ones who've really just been really kind of taken it on the chin <laughs> over the last couple of years. Again, not to not to beat it to death, but you know, you you know, you have these live conversations with with folks who are like, I don't think I want to go through another year like this. What am I going to do? And staff want to leave or have left. 
and you know they don't want to deal with yet on all their busy season so um but so it's great to hear what firms are saying when they're not bogged down spencer what are you hearing in that regard yeah i i actually um within the last month i i did a you know a pulse survey um out to our newsletter subscribers and i think i had like 40 some odd uh firms um uh, respond and and I you know I know all of them because you know we're working with them at Tally Four and uh, it was interesting it was all about asking um, really the focus was like hey who is is actually taking on clients who is getting rid of clients right and if you are firing clients or you know sending them the other way kind of like why are you doing it and how are you doing it um, so yeah. the thing that jumped out at me was like ninety three percent of the respondents said that they were like kind of calling clients and um across the board they all said it was yeah across the board they all said that it was because you know they had clients that were a bad fit or wouldn't work the way that they wanted them to right the the usual kind of suspects yeah they take a lot of of your time too right i mean yeah and the interesting thing was though the seven percent of firms it was like what was it three or four um that i knew um that said they weren't and that they were actually you know continuing to to add business um they all have a very common thread very common profile all of them were incredibly verticalized so right they probably focus on you know no more than two industries per like 10 employees Right. And these are firms that I think the smallest one was about five. The biggest one was about 50. Um, all right. So they were highly verticalized. And on top of that, they're all firms that in working with them, I've actually seen people like junior staff within the firm get promoted and get like new responsibilities. So, right. What they, what they had done is they had created, and this was at least my hypothesis, right. Is like they kind of been out in front, right? They've kind of created those those guardrails and and that level of specificity for how they develop their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that was doing was that was allowing them to, you know, basically, you know, uh, I think a lot, there is a technology component, right? They're able to build like a very consistent tech stack. They're able to, right, have very, you know, kind of uniform processes, right? right? And, and then um, as a result, Right, they were able to continue to grow their business and create kind of like an ascendant pathway for for their junior staff, um, and and even ones that aren't weren't kind of like all the way there yet. Um, it's like almost in all of my interactions with them, right? They're they're not so much like, hey, I want to put Tally Four into my firm so that I can like make you know like not right. kill yes. my people during tax season. It's like. No, actually, I want to do this because, like, I want to sprinkle in a couple three-day weekends during tax season, and like, I want crazy, to make right? Sure, like, <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure my staff don't have to work more than forty or forty-five hours in a week, right? But they were, you know, they weren't so like under the gun for fulfillment, right? They weren't so bogged down that they were in a place where it's almost like the forest, you know, you can't see the forest from the trees. Um, And they're able to make like strategic long-term decisions for their business, you know, as entrepreneurs, business owners first. This is great. I want to, I want to keep going. Uh, But yeah, it kind of ties into that. It kind of ties into that. um, And I, right. We had, we had discussed this before, like uh, offline, like, right. There's, there's like, problems that can be solved with technology and problems that can be solved with people right and that's i think a very good like that that you know takeaway and that poll is a good um illustration of how where those two get kind of blended right because it's like yes of course like you know have a portal make it easy to get documents but then at the same time like maybe if somebody can't use the portal that's a like an indication of like they're not a good client to work with mm-hmm. right yeah um, I mean, or the, like, or they don't right, want you can lead a horse to water they insist on emailing you attachments <laughs> you're like no how many times do i have to do that uh there's, there's no doubt there's there's 
there's some significant problems that we've had in the profession for years. And, and you know, the, what, I guess I always break it down to in order for us to do the work at the firm for, on behalf of our clients, we, we need information, we need data, whether it's tax, accounting, bookkeeping, audit, right? We need that from the client and, and if and the client's a human, means we're gonna likely have a challenge getting that information. So, um, so you know, yeah. I look forward to a world where we continue to automate, um, you know, the gathering of documents and um, in the processing of those documents so we don't have to rely. The tech is there, it's there. The tech is it, out it, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the things that, that kind of attracted me to, to, to Botkeeper is the AI machine learning work that we're doing of actually automatically pulling in bank statements, right? Getting a bank statement and having a client upload it to us, that's a big challenge for a firm, it seems, and, and or for their client. So being able to automatically pull it down from the bank, automatically scan it and review it, and then take the data and ingest it into various processes, that's, that is happening today. So yeah, that's, that's super exciting. I can't wait to see where the profession goes in the next three to five years kind of following on that. And then guess what? That's where those conversations happen. Once all this happens pretty much in real time, you're a lot more apt to go in real time with your client right there. You're like, all right, let's let's talk about this stuff. This is this is that that, you know, um that that more higher, you know, value work comes in. Even just being able to have a live conversation on those documents that you've gotten in real time very quickly with your clients like all right it's not like hey let's schedule some time to come in and talk these over no let's do it right here so uh you know spencer you know you raised the issue of of just uh, you know uh you know knowing when it's time to fire some clients um you know let's face it uh, i i think this is a no-brainer I, I think all of you probably you know on this call uh are, are probably you know if you haven't done so already you're probably ready to do it. And I, you know, I would be surprised if there isn't just your one or two who are just feeling like, you know, they, they're a pretty big blocker and they have been, and uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, well, so, and to Matt's, yeah. sorry, and to Matt's point as well, like we're, we're now like for the most part, right. Every bit of like every piece of like info or document starts in the digital world now right like mm -hmm. th there's very few things that start in like the analog world and then are like you know scanned into the the um uh, digital world however that's that's still how most folks are are working right like we talk yeah. to you know we talk to folks and like part of what we do at tally for is like yeah make it easy to get accounting data into um a system uh, and, you know, we do so through APIs and imports and stuff, but we still have people ask us like, hey, can we import a PDF in here? And it's, it's, it's really now like an antiquated kind of backwards piece of thinking because like that PDF, whether it's a bank statement or it's something that came out of QuickBooks, like something that you need that started yeah. digital, you know, that started as digital information. Everything is basically natively digital right now. And if folks are still working in kind of an analog first fashion, I mean, they're immediately creating, that is sort of a self-inflicted challenge. Yeah, big red right? flag, like, right? Like you, maybe you yeah. shouldn't be working with this client that still insists on, on doing things in, in this way. So let's talk about the other side of this. What do you advise? Let's, let's like roll, you know, get some, uh, some, some ideas going on how do you do this? You know, yeah. I, I, I'll jump. I'll jump in there, and Spencer. Then, then um, I'm sure you've got ideas. Follow me up there. But um, I, I think ask your staff. Right? They know. Mm. They know who are the good clients are. They know. Um, you know, they and going back have to staffing. <laughs> um, you know, um, and challenges there. If we're if we're trying to create an environment, we know. Right? Tax taxes and compression regardless of the things that we're doing in the technology we're bringing in, it's still, there is going to be a compression. There is going to be time in the spring where, and in the fall where we're really busy. So how do we, you know, how do we make that um, experience better for, um, for our staff? Certainly one area is getting rid of those clients who are a major pain. And again, the staff know 
Um, I can't tell you how many times I've I've talked to firm owners or partners who and asked them the question, "Hey, have you fired question? Have you fired any of your um, you know clients recently?" And what did your staff say? And and almost universally, they always say, "What took you so long?" Or it's about time. Like they knew, <laughs> right? And um, in, in in you know most firms, whether they're value billing or or um, or, or or still billing based on time, they're tracking time, right? So you know. Review the numbers. Take a look at it. You know where, you know where is, you know, you oh, know yeah. this money coming in. You know, and and I mean that'll help you, you know, start to rate your ABC, you know, clients and sort. Yeah, like I said, some probably even have a running uh, list of, you know, maybe if you know being accountants, they might even have it in a spreadsheet. I think we can do that. Color coding on it, but you know, but the mental, yeah, exactly. Uh, Spencer, you know, before we move on, like sort of any, you know, advice, sorry, we'll, we'll get to the next poll in a minute. Um, any advice yeah. on, you know, just, just the, on. okay, finally time to let somebody go or let a few go? Yeah, well, it's good, kind of dovetails back with what Matt was saying and, and my earlier point is that like, um, right, the folks that are really doing work in firms right now, they're younger, they're digital natives, right? And for sure they're they are actually a great like resource when it comes to getting a new perspective on how work should be done right and so like and and i'm fortunate enough to you know most of my work is like i talk to partners and then they you know kick me down to somebody who's half my age right and then i work with them on actually using what we build and you know servicing clients and what i find is that these folks have a lot to offer Right. And and it's if you can create kind of a, a an open forum for them to kind of question the way that things are always have always been done and maybe throw out ideas on how they can be done. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty impressive the contributions that can be made. You know, it's almost like there's an inverse relationship between like the amount of experience and the freshness of perspective. Um, right. And if you can kind of write within a firm, kind of take what you have with the experienced people, but also in that domain knowledge, but balance it with the freshness of perspective from the younger staff. In other words, listen to your junior staff. Take the time. Yes. Take it, you know, just, you know, end of the week, just like, okay, you know, let's, let's come, you know, be honest, be open let them feel like they can you know kick something up to the managing partners or to you uh the owner and and say hey look you know give me the end of the week i'd love to hear a couple of ideas from you about what could be better here why not right so third polling question on the topic of firing any clients prior to next year if you have not done so already do you plan to? Pretty simple. Yes, no, or mm, still not sure. Not sure yet. And, you know, again, based on what we've been talking about, I would hope that at least uh, you all here have some assuredness uh, that it's either yes or no and not, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like you would probably know after the last couple of years if you've got clients that maybe you've been wanting to get rid of for even longer than that. Uh, but if you do plan to do it, we'd we'd love to to uh, hear your responses here. Well, you so know, this should, there's there's the yeah. option also of hey, they didn't they didn't they they're failing to make an appointment, they're failing to give me my stuff on time in a timely manner, so they've kind of almost fired themselves. Three or, strikes you're out. Or, I mean, or they or they just um they just got a significant they got themselves a significant increase uh, or inconvenience fee in their bill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They just got you your stuff, um, you know, on the uh, maybe on the 14th. <laughs> oh, yeah, I um, We've been working. We've been working on um, some like work papers related stuff. And, and as part of that, we've asked, you know, existing, you know, customers, hey, can you kind of share with us what your typical like tax work paper binder looks like? There's often emails in there where they're retrieving information from a client. And almost universally, I'll see something where, you know, accountant sends out a, an email at the beginning of January that's like, hey, get us your stuff by the yep. 31st. Stuff, and yeah. then and then the reply email comes in at like 5.01 p.m. on the 31st. And it's and it's kind of like, oh, it's and they're all the same. They're all like, you know, hey, sorry, it's late. Sorry, it's incomplete. 
and so it's uh yeah there's it's definitely widespread cool uh Della, why don't we uh why don't we share this one out oh yeah good for you 67 percent. heck yes at least one uh i'm sorry some of you aren't really sure yet um a little surprising but i get it you know uh I, it's it's tough it's you know this is not it's easy it's easy to, for us to just sit here and talk about it, right none of us here are running firms we all are in touch with you all who are and have been uh you know for for quite some time and we hear a lot of the same things here and you're out oh, i just oh, god I, I gotta really you know just the, the horror stories literally over the last few years have been well, pretty awful. I, I'd have to say. I, I actually know a practitioner um, who I'm not going to name, but I, I've. She's got a you know solo practice. Uh, she you know had some staff you know leave on her and and actually had a client come in and physically threaten her. I don't know if any of you have been through that, but needless to say, this is not a client that is going to be staying around. I think it was actually, she was actually in the middle of letting this client go. And I think they were upset because they wanted some documents. They said she had, and she did hand it back. But anyway, I'm not going to go into it. But these are real stories. This happens. I'm sure it wasn't just her. But, well, you know, and, and you you raise a good point there, Seth, because like, right, it's, um, <clears throat> we use the term fire, right? But maybe, maybe, um, Pass Maybe on. transition out or pass on, right? Is is go. a better little bit of verbiage, um, because I, I mentioned the poll that we did that was similar earlier on. The we asked, you know, some follow up questions like, okay, if you're, you know, moving on from clients, like, how are you doing it? Um, I think it was seventy five, eighty percent of the folks said, you know, we're introducing them to another CPA. And and I think that's important to highlight right. because that's right, it's responsible. Like, it's responsible. Yeah, I, it's responsible, right? It also keeps like can keep the relationship somewhat warm and potentially produce a referral from that business owner down the road, right? If you communicate, hey, you're not a fit because of X, Y, and Z. I really work with businesses right. that fit this profile. I'm going to put you with somebody who's going to be a good home for you. And then yeah. also that other practitioner may be referring you business down the road. So. I think that like for those that maybe aren't sure, you know, maybe if you're if you're on the fence, you look at it as like, how do I transition somebody to maybe a practitioner that's a better fit and also do so in a manner that could yield some referrals for me down the road? Yeah. I mean, we're a community here and I, I think, you know, accountants are, are generally pretty good with with that. They'll be willing to take yeah. something on or someone on, you know, obviously not like super problem people like that's just, you know, you want to do your best. Sure. If you know someone who's like, hey, you know, like I know someone maybe works in a different way. But um, so we've got, you know, about maybe another 15 minutes or so here. I want to switch gears a little bit uh, and talk about an issue that is about, you know, just really starting to look forward. Uh, here, when you're talking about, you know, your services and what you're offering, the value of what you're offering, and really, you know, you're all taking stock right now. Uh, outside of clients and staff, you really just want to feel like I'm, I'm, I have to value my work and what I do. Uh, so we talk about, you know, the idea of productizing uh, your services. Spencer, why don't you share some, shed some light on that? Maybe some folks here hadn't really heard of things in that way before but i think it's very important to to touch on as you as we start looking you know to to the next year and maybe thinking about doing some things a little differently um yeah i think that um right as we mentioned before there is like a, a hurdle as you're getting your business started right so it's like you, you know and 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 i think it is it's a little bit of an old world uh you know uh sort of analog world even um challenge in so much as right if you're solely focused on like serving folks that are within your geography or you know are going to be like referrals from family and friends you have a narrow funnel right and so if you productize right and you are somewhat running you know upstream or running you know contrary to that that narrow funnel right you're making it harder for you to bring in um clients from that you know existing geography or whatever but the modern the real funnel now is is wide open right like virtual work prevails remote work prevails folks serve clients all over the country 
And so I think that, that some of it just has is, you know, that practitioner versus entrepreneur, you know, kind of tug of war that occurs where, you know, it, this is an instance where it's time to be more of an entrepreneur, right? Um, <clears throat> think more just like, you know, an entrepreneur, less like a practitioner, right? There's more for you to kind of gain personally um, by doing the former. And, and with that, it means, you know, open up that funnel, right? But kind of open, open the eyes to like how broad the possibilities are. And that, you know, if you kind of take advantage of sort of the real like modern sort of business development landscape, you have an opportunity to be pretty specific because that's actually how folks find, find things that they buy now, right? They, they go out and they, they hit Google and they run through the content marketing and they're looking for people that speak about what they specifically do, which in turn, you know, the way that people buy lends itself to productization right now. Hey, you all right? are doing it, right? You know, Absolutely. folks in the vendor space who are serving the accounting community, they've all learned it. They're all, they all do it. Why, why don't you as a firm? Well, I, right? I think it's, it's, you know, Seth, I would add, yeah. you know, I would add to what Sitzer was saying there as far as, um, you know, again, firms have, have been very transactional in nature, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and in shifting that mindset a bit. And we talked, you know, we talked earlier about a lot of the reasons, too much work, not enough time, staffing, compliance, um, dates, and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but being able to productize and basically goes back to knowing what we're really good at and really kind of becoming an expert in those specific areas. Again, whether it's specific niches and things like that. Um, you know, let's say maybe I develop a niche in uh, dental practice, right? And I basically say, hey, we're gonna become the best accounting bookkeeping firm, tax service firm to dental practices. And then once we do that and we have established that expertise, that level, you know, worked with 50, 75, 100 different dental practices, We've, we've essentially perfected our practices around that and just mm -hmm. using dental as, as one example. And then you kind of build that package to say, okay, when we go to find dental practice 101, we have a package and a product at that point in time. Instead of just saying, we do your taxes or we can do your financial statements, um, it's hey, this is a full service package that we provide as a firm. Um, bang, 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 you know, we can just, we can just knock it out of the park by describing it. And the only way to get there, um, right, is, is taking some of these hurdles that we talked about in the first half of this, um, this conversation and, and getting past those. And, and how do you get past some of those hurdles of not enough staff, not enough capacity to, too busy at certain times of year is where I think technology comes to play, you know, in, in, in solutions like, Spencer has a tally for a bookkeeper are one of you know many of the solutions out there really designed to help the accounting profession win back some of that time so that they can then start looking forward on in, in building some of those practices. Um, that's that's really what um, the technology providers are really trying to do in this space. Um, you know, and, and and firms have been adopting that, but it, but but at different levels, right? Some firms are still looking at technology as an expense rather than an investment. So, um, right. anyway, yeah, and I, I mean, would, we could probably spend a whole hour talking about this topic. But. For sure. Yeah, and I would say that the ones, it's interesting, like I, it, productization and like high value advisory type services are not mm -hmm. like mutually exclusive, right? right? In fact, I see the opposite of it, right? The firms that I know that are the most like productized in their core offerings, have the most opportunity to do the one-off high value transaction advisory, right? All that type of stuff within those domains, right? Productization is kind of what actually opens the door to the higher value services. Sure. Well, we've got a few minutes uh, left. I think, um, you know, we might have another uh, final poll question here. That we can get to but you know again we want to talk about you know uh you know some opportunities like just spend a minute on just you know you guys are in the unblocking business <laughs> would you say um 
you know, just, you know, kind of one thing uh, that, uh, that, you know, practitioners can kind of take away uh, from this and, you know, maybe even a way that you guys could help. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in first, Spencer, and then um, feel free to, to follow up. But um, one thing very specifically, kind of going back to the topic of, of, the, um, of, of this whole conversation is around kind of preparing for tax season and that sort of thing. And so one of the one of the areas of growth, um, highest growth for us at Botkeeper has been a service that we call rapid write-up. So um, this is kind of those annual clients that you don't do monthly bookkeeping for. They come in at the end of the year, you need to pull put it, you know, kind of organize it all, pull financial statements together for the purposes of the tax return. So Botkeeper actually has a service um, and you can, you know, after you're done here, you know, botkeeper.com has, has a ton of information, but that rapid write-up service is where we take that on for you, essentially okay. connect into the GL, go through, organize, clean all of that up, create create the financial statements, and then get it get it ready to go uh, into the tax return. And that can be annual or a, a quarterly service. So, so one Excellent. thing that popped to mind when you brought it up. Excellent, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we kind of work downstream from, from Botkeeper, right? We're, you know, kind of where you go once the books are closed. And obviously, like, what we're trying to do is help with the, you know, the challenges of tax season. Um, but but I would say, like, you know, before even trying to, like, dive into, like, okay, how do I, you know, get my tech stack in place and make this all work? It's, like, figure out what the motivation is, you know? Like, Excellent. are you... Right. Are you trying to do something for your staff? Are you like a solo practitioner and you either want to, you know, you want to keep work, you know, keep rocking hard, but be able to handle more clients and do more revenue? Or are you trying to create more of a lifestyle business for yourself? I think it's, you know, like once you are sort of convicted in what that outcome is that you want, then, you know, you'll find your your tech partners, you'll find your, you know, like your right stack and everything, but um, it's often difficult to like really make these decisions and break out of this, you know, kind of cycle unless you have a real north star, you know, that that you're you're aiming towards. And right, we see people with with all of it. Even going back to my zero days, I was like, you know, once you get all this time back, do you want to like do more do for do? existing clients? <laughs> you, get, right. you know, get more clients, or do you want to go fishing? There's no wrong answer. Matt and Spencer, looking forward to future conversations around this. Absolutely. And everyone here, hopefully the new year is a much, much better one for you and that you will feel uh, more unblocked. <laughs> right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Take Seth. care. All right. Take care, all. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Accounting Intelligence Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please go to apple.com slash podcast and leave a five-star review to help us get the word out. This podcast is sponsored by Botkeeper. To learn more about how Botkeeper is helping accounting firms automate their bookkeeping services, head over to botkeeper.com. Catch you in the next episode.